You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Radio.com Sports presents Bet Sweats with Joe Ostrowski, breaking down the latest in sports betting. That's what it's on the BetQL Audio Network. And with all this chatter going on this week about Pat Mahomes, his value to the point spread, uh, some books have three up right now on Green Bay, a juice three. How much? How many uh, How many times is it going to get off of three uh, for both of these games before we get to the kickoff on Sunday? The perfect guy to bring on and help us out a little bit is Adam Chernoff. He's been joining us throughout the football season. He's the voice of the Simple Handicap Podcast. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Chernoff. Adam, as always, appreciate your time. Uh, want to get your? Uh, let's start with your thoughts on the market so far. The movement, the little movement that we've seen so far, side in totals, where we sit now on Thursday morning, and what do you think happens? How is this going to be shaped before we get to Sunday afternoon and Sunday evening? I don't know if there's going to be a whole lot of change from this point. I mean, it seems like Mahomes is going to ultimately start. Um, Everything has been quite positive about him. Watkins and Edwards Hilaire were back participating with the team, at least in some fashion. Breland's really the big question mark at this point. But um, where we are now, like, I I think that it could definitely come off of the three to go to three and a half. But it's an interesting situation because, like, there's no team hotter against the point spread than the Buffalo Bills. And there's no team colder against the point spread than the Kansas City Chiefs. And so I think if that situation was different, we may see sort of a, a bigger adjustment here once the Mahomes news is made official. But um, we're sort of locked in where we are now. And a lot of books took some interesting positions with this opener that I think put themselves in a bit of sort of uh, sort of handcuffed them a little bit with some of the situations that they're going to deal with late in the week. In terms of the NFC game, I mean, I was surprised that it went to three. I thought that three and a half was sort of the minimum for this game. Um, I was expecting it to go a little higher. And it did go to four minus 20 at the most influential book on the board Sunday night. And so to see it sort of take a U-turn from that point and go towards three was surprising to me, but now trending back in the right direction. But uh, again, I think there's just enough demand on both of these sides that nothing too extreme is going to happen. So, Adam, when they announce on Saturday or Friday afternoon or whatever that Patrick Mahomes is officially cleared, he's officially playing, do you not think that there will be movement, even a half-point tick? Well, I like I think it could get to three and a half, but I think that this number was largely set assuming that he would play or more so set assuming he would play than he wasn't because like if he's not playing, the Bills are a minimum two, two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. You could make that case that they would be three. And so the fact that this is now close, it's on three and, and sort of leaning initially towards three and a half, like I, I think that's largely 
pricing in Mahomes or the assumption that he is going to play anyway. So I don't think that there's going to be like an extreme bump one way when he's announced that he's going to be playing later in the week. Adam, it was interesting. Uh, you brought up how Kansas City is the coldest team against the point spread. Uh, depending on the closing number you take a look at, uh, the Chiefs have not covered since November 1st. Now, part of the discussion on a weekly basis with the Chiefs lines is, well, they're inflated. They're always going to be inflated. It was part of it last week when the number was 10. I think you came on the show and you talked about it as well. At three, at three, is that still part of the conversation? Is is this a good number or is it it's still good old Chiefs inflated? And there becomes the interesting question, right? Is there is this finally the week that there's sort of a bit of that discount within the number, right? Because like the question, like even if they covered three or four in a row coming in, like if it was anything opposite of losing nine games in a row against the spread, like does this number look any different? And does it look any different if the Bills potentially did not cover nine straight in a row or whatever they have coming into this game as well? So it's like, is this the game where there's finally a discount? And I think we can say pretty confidently that we sort of saw the top of the Bills pricing in that Colts game where there were seven-point favorites. They were, that was the third time all season that they were that big of a favorite, and the other two were against the Jets and the Patriots. And then even last week um, where that number was, was, was pretty big, all things considering. And so this week now, after two more covers within the playoffs, like is this finally the week where – not only is Buffalo going to be a touch overpriced, but are the Kansas City Chiefs for the first time underpriced? And, and I would say that if the circumstances coming in against the spread for both of these teams were anything but what they are, then this number would be a little bit higher than it is. But I think it is where it is because of how these teams have arrived here uh, over the short term with their performance against the spread. So I would say that personally, I think it's a touch short. But I think the market where it is right now thinks that it's correct. So you were saying earlier, Adam, that you think the line would be, if we find out it's Henny, that the line would be Buffalo favored by two and a half, three. So is it fair to say you think there's a six-point difference between Henny and Mahomes? Because Joe and I were debating that earlier. We've heard everything between five and ten the difference between you know what Mahomes is worth compared to Henny well the important thing is the numbers that it goes through right so three to three although it's like a it, it counts as six the value of three is larger than any other number when betting the NFL so a move from three point favorite to a three point underdog you're looking at in terms of just value of a move much greater than six points. If this was over a different set of numbers, it would probably read a lot bigger. But to go from three to three, which is what I think this number would ultimately do if Mahomes does not play, would be sort of a justified move. But it's as significant of a move as you're ever going to see in the NFL from one player being announced out. And I think Mahomes, without question, is the most valuable player to the point spread and his team in the NFL. All right, let's stick with the AFC side then. Uh, how do you handicap the, the matchups, Bill's offense going against that Chiefs D, and uh, same thing for the KC side? Well, we've got two interesting spots here in both championship games as we have sort of that anchor from earlier in the season when the two teams faced each other and produced like pretty polarizing results. And the Chiefs won and covered that game against the Bills. Or they, they won, the, the number moved, I can't remember if they covered, but they won by a touchdown, whatever it was. 
they dominated that game. They outgained Buffalo by 240 yards. They won the net yards per play battle by two and a half yards. Like that was as dominating of a performance as we've seen from the Chiefs really in like two and a half months. That was probably like the last game we can really point to where they went out just dominated for four quarters. And I think that the scoreboard sort of reflects that it was a little bit closer than it actually was. But it was a, it was a case where Buffalo came out, were very conservative defensively, and the Chiefs just had one of those games that we've seen a couple times this season where they just take whatever they want underneath, move the ball up and down the field without issue. Uh, this game probably sets up in a similar manner. I think the Bills' defense can be looked at as improving, but I would say that over the last month they've been very opportunistic, and that's sort of illustrated in the first two playoff games where they've allowed 13 opponent drives inside their 30-yard line, and they've conceded just 27 points on those drives and scored a touchdown of their own. So they're a net minus 20 on 13 drives inside their 30-yard line. And so they're forcing turnovers. They're forcing fourth down stops. They're forcing missed field goals. Like They're getting bailed out a lot by real high-leverage situations inside their own red zone. And against the Kansas City Chiefs, if the Chiefs were able to replicate sort of the offensive success we've seen um, the last like four or five teams that have played the Bills in terms of offensive success that they've had, like the Chiefs are going to score those points. And so that's going to put Buffalo in a bit of a different situation. But I think also as well that that game against the Ravens, like it was another one of those games that looked a lot different than I think the scoreboard and stat sheet would ultimately read out. Like, make of it what you will, but that was a game where Baltimore was at the five-yard line late in the third quarter trying to tie the game. Lamar throws that ridiculous interception that should have never left his hand. It goes the other way for a touchdown, then Lamar gets hurt on the ensuing drive, and that game gets a little bit ugly late. But, like, that was a game where Baltimore was really struggling to do much offensively, and they were still right in it late in the third quarter. And so, like, the Bills keep getting bet by a lot of people and it's really sort of correlated to their offensive success. And I get that. And and I think that that's the right way to approach it. But now that the opponent is the Kansas city chiefs, if Mahomes is healthy, like I think that this number arguably just looks a little bit short relative to what Kansas city can potentially do offensively. And I just don't know how much longer the bills can keep getting bailed out by their defense in those difficult situations. It's a really interesting point, Adam. We were talking earlier, you know, that one Lamar Jackson throw that changed the whole game. Um, even in the Saints Bucks, you're not gonna have a four, four nothing turnover game very often. And and honestly, I still think, Adam, I still think the Saints win that game if Antoine Winfield Jr. doesn't punch the ball out from Jared Cook. They're yeah. up 20 to 13. They're in Bucks territory, they're about to go up two scores. That's it, exactly it. There's a lot of parallels between these two games. And just like you mentioned, like that Saints-Bucks game, it, Brady and Tampa Bay were doing nothing offensively. And I, I was holding a Bucks ticket money line and plus three and a half. And like they could not move the football whatsoever against that Saints defense. They looked atrocious. Their play calling on third down was bizarre. The Saints were, they were across midfield and they were up a touchdown late in the third quarter driving. And at that point, I was like, this game is over. And the fumble occurs, Tampa Bay goes down, they get the touchdown on third down, and that completely flipped the game. And so it's another situation very similar to the Chiefs and Bills where it really depends sort of what 
you saw or what you think coming out of the last week's games that's really going to influence how you think about betting these games coming up on Sunday? Uh, what about the total of 54 in the AFC title game? Anything appealing there? Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. I think that number will continue to go up just a little bit, especially if Breland is ultimately ruled out and Mahomes is ruled in. Uh, I think that Breland being out would be pretty significant for the Chiefs defense, and it becomes a case of can Buffalo keep up scoring. Um, but w- considering how like Buffalo spreads out opponents, how they're able to target so many different receivers, losing a defensive back as important as Breland is certainly going to matter to the total just a little bit. And then obviously Mahomes coming back, would bring that up just a little bit too. So I, I do think at 54 right now, that total can go up a little bit now that we're not really expecting any significant weather. Um, but I, I don't know how much value you're ultimately going to find in going over that. Is that still uh, a pretty large number for the playoffs uh, when there's some question marks about uh, a quarterback on one side as important as Mahomes? Well, that was going to be my question, Adam, just to piggyback Two pretty high totals, um, and it looks like there could be weather based on the last thing I had seen in, in both games. Do you think that that affects it enough that the under is a good bet? Like cold weather is not going to impact the total. Snow is not going to impact the total. Teams are going to be able to score. They'll be able to move the football. That's fine. Wind is what you have to look out for, and anytime the wind gets to that 20-mile-per-hour mark, that's where you see the market just blindly back the unders. And so we're not there in either of these games. It doesn't look like we're going to get close to that number either. Um, So I'm not too concerned about weather impacting either of these games. All right. So uh, you think the number is short on the Kansas City side? The Chiefs favored by three as long as there's a healthy Mahomes out there. What about the NFC? Uh, Any thoughts on a juice three? Uh, You touched on it that you were surprised that it went down a little bit off the three and a half uh, are you telling us that you you already bet, or you're going to be betting Green Bay? Yeah, I I bet them back on Sunday night, and I bet them again Monday morning. Um, I, I again, I just I'm like I was last week. I'm just really pleased with the number that keeps coming up on Green Bay, and the best way to probably explain this game is to discuss both sides of it because I I think that that's a fair way to look at it from the Green Bay perspective. There's something that's very key to their offense, and that is the script with Matt LaFleur. If the Packers get out to an early lead, they play significantly better. And that's true for all teams. But like the emphasis that LaFleur has put on the first quarter and the first 20 plays in his time coaching Green Bay is absolutely enormous. And it shows in all the numbers. Green Bay, the number one scoring team in the first half. 
top of the league for success rate. This is an offense that's number one for EPA and success rate and scoring. They're the best offense in the league, but they do a lot of the damage early on utilizing that game script. Tampa Bay is 21st in first half scoring or even worse, 27th in first quarter scoring allowed. So this is a defense under Todd Bowles that is very slow starting. And part of that is due to the fact that teams know what they're going to get out of a Todd Bowles defense. And he's very reluctant to change and put together very different looks. He blitzes a ton. He plays very like the same coverages across the board frequently. Teams can game plan against it very easily. Um, and even in the first meeting where the Packers lost by four touchdowns to the Bucks, they got out to that early lead. They were leading the game 10-0. The script worked against Bowles. It worked against the Buccaneers. They just fell apart late in that game. And the Buccaneers scored a couple defensive touchdowns. Even in the second half, like there was only there was less than I think seven points scored in that second half. It was one of those games that was surprising it didn't go over. But like this is a spot where again, like we saw last week for the Packers against what was dubbed as the best defense in the NFL, they got out to a very hot start. They scored 19 points in the first half, settled for a couple field goals very close to the goal line. Like the Packers are going to get out to an early lead in this game against the Buccaneers. And then that makes Tampa Bay look a lot different because down the stretch in the season, we look at the Buccaneers, I think, sometimes as this sort of elite defense. For the first eight weeks of the season, they were top 10 both against the rush and against the pass. In the second half of the season, including the playoffs, they've dropped all the way down to 17th against the pass and 24th against the run. And so it's a spot where when playing from behind, that's really going to play into the hands of the Green Bay Packers and this offense that's the best in the NFL. So I think that this is a spot that sets up, again, very well for this Packers offense, which I, I feel like they're being treated like the Atlanta Falcons in 2017 when they made that playoff run. It's this terrific offense that can score at will, but then there's these concerns with the defensive side on the other end. And I think where a lot of people are starting to see value with Tampa Bay or have seen value against the Packers, they bet the Rams last week, they bet against the Packers down the stretch, is the fact that there's always the concern of the backdoor cover with this Mike Pettin defensive scheme, right? He plays very soft when he has a lead. He gets very conservative. He allows teams to get a lot of what they want um, moving up and down the field when the Packers have the lead. Down the stretch, the Packers were continuously getting out to double-digit, two-score, three-score, first-half leads. And then there were multiple times where Late in the game, despite being up by 14, 17, 20 points when laying a bigger number, they let the other team back in. And although it never really com became competitive at the end, it's, it's just a team that hasn't inspired a lot of confidence when laying a bit of a bigger number. So if you're handicapping the Packers, you know what you're getting on the other side with Brady in the offense that's down if they're getting sort of a prevent look, they're going to be able to move it. You're almost looking like, can the Packers get up 10 points, 14 points, in order to cover the three or three and a half, because ultimately, unless they're holding that big lead against this defensive scheme, it's scary to be holding that Packers ticket, especially against the better offense. But um, I'm, I'm more than willing to bet on, on the best offense in the NFL again. And I think the Buccaneers, that Washington game was pretty evident of what the secondary is. It was a first time starter in Taylor Heineke and he had receivers running wide open all game long against Tampa Bay. And so, I think that looks a little bit different against Theron Rodgers. I think these teams are very different from where they were early in the season, and I think three and a half is short. Adam, do you get involved in the uh, Super Bowl look-ahead lines or Super Bowl matchup bets at all? 
I haven't played anything yet uh, in those. Uh, I'll wait for the real openers to come on Sunday night. Got it. Any interest uh, in the total? You mentioned that you think both are going to climb, but what about this 51? I know you're on Green Bay. Here's what I'd say about the total. Um, last week, the Bucks game against the Saints opened 48 and a half. It was smashed up to 53 and a half. It was probably the most notable move, side or total, of the entire weekend. And so, very, like, very sharp money on that over. So that closed 53 and a half. We're now looking at 51 in this game. And if you're asking yourself the question, do the Saints have a better defense than the Green Bay Packers? The answer would probably be yes. Then you say, do the Packers have a better offense than the Saints? And the answer to that would probably be yes. And so we're looking at a total that's two points shorter of where it was bet up to last week, and you're getting a better offense and a slightly worse defense. And so to me, that would sort of lead me to believe that this number is short and has some room to maneuver. The counter and sort of opposite side to that would be, does it make a difference that Brady at his age is going to be playing outdoors versus playing indoors like he was last week in the Superdome? And what impact does that ultimately have on the total? What is that worth? And I would, I would lean to the side of saying that the offensive production that the Packers can have is more of an upgrade versus what the Buccaneers faced against the Saints than any conditions or change in venue and field would offer to the under. And so I would say that the total at 51 is still a little light uh, considering what both of these teams could do offensively. It uh, makes me laugh what you mentioned earlier about Green Bay, and everybody's in on that. Like, you know the Packers are going to take the early lead. They've been doing this to opponents all year. And the scary thing is, when you would lay a big number with them, they would let the opponent back in the game in the second half. Different situation, much tougher opponent, Super Bowl on the line here. Not that you would expect that, but when you when you look at the different lines, or the first half lines, like uh, points bet, for instance, uh, on the game... It's Green Bay minus three, juiced at minus 120. But the first half line is Green Bay minus two and a half. Yeah, it is exactly it. So it's being accounted for that, for sure, because it it just happens so often and it matters so much. It's what they do. Yeah, so you you think the full game bet is better than going first half, even though you expect Green Bay to take a first half lead? Yeah, do both. I mean, split it up, double it up, however you want to do it. I, I think the Packers are a significantly better team than the Bucks. Good deal. Uh, Adam, can't wait to talk to you again once we get uh, the Super Bowl matchups all set. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the games this weekend. There is Adam Chernoff coming on BetSweats right here on the BetQL Audio Network. Some people are happy just winning, while others, well, they want more. I get that. And so does PointsBet. That's why PointsBet gives you a faster, easier way to turn every game, every shot, every minute into a chance for epic victory. That's why so many sports bettors in the know call PointsBet innovative, lightning quick. It's the reason I ditch my other books. It's the easy-to-use app for when I simply want to reach legendary status. Rated number one on Trustpilot. So get the app real sports fans use. Download the PointsBet app today. Use promo code BETSLETS. B-E-T-S-W-E-A-T-S to get $100 for depositing only 20 bucks. Points bet, stay sharp. You must be present in Illinois, New Jersey, Indiana, Colorado, or Iowa. Must be 21 plus. Additional T's and C's apply if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. They're running the deal once again. No juice 
for both conference championship games. No juice of points bet. You get them plus 100. Uh, they're offering the plus 100 all bets up to $10,000. Joe Ostrowski, Ross Tucker here. Uh, we'll talk more about championship Sunday and how we expect some players to perform. Maybe uh, give you some ideas for player props. And Matt Bowen will also be joining us to give the full breakdown of all these matchups in the AFC and NFC title games. Joe Ostrowski, Ross Tucker, Betswets on the BetQL Audio Network.